Greetings and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we will be talking with your favorite LGBTQ author. I'm Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Cheryl Head. Hi, Cheryl. Hi there, Anita. How are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. So, um, so Cheryl, recently yeah. you were in Allentown at the Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Center promoting yeah. an, an anthology um, that you are a part of. And yeah. um, so how, how did you come to be a part of that anthology? I think it's called, is it called Our Happy Hours? LGBT? That, that, that's right. Our okay. Happy Hours. And then there's always a colon, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a... Uh, um, I was invited by the one of the co-curators, Renee Bess. Okay. Um, and she uh, co-curated with Lee Lynch. It was a fun project. I was really proud to be involved because, um, you know, it's an important topic for us. It was um, published to commemorate um, the lives lost in the Pulse nightclub shooting. That's why the focus on the gay clubs. And then also the proceeds from the anthology go to two youth service organizations, one in New York and one in Philadelphia. So I'm, I'm proud to be part of that anthology. Uh, that's so wonderful. That is great to hear. Um, and and how was your time at the center? How did that go? Are you traveling? I, I really enjoyed it. It's a beautiful center. Oh, it's, isn't a, it? it's amazing what, you know, the, the small group of people who put it together, Liz and her partner and uh, I'm sure some committee members, it's quite a vibrant place and they have so many services and it's just a really welcoming, bright, inviting place. I, we uh, visited the library area and a lot of us donated our books to the library and you know, it's wonderful to have that kind of resource, especially in a small town like Allentown. Yeah, nice. Um, I was very impressed. Oh, I had a good time. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm sorry I missed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And did you did you get to meet Adrian Shanker, the executive director of the center? Uh, no, I did not meet Adrian. Okay. Um, he, you I would know it if you met him a, for sure. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> but I think um, I think Liz told me that Adrian uh, was the force behind getting the the, the street renamed the Bayard Bayer Rustin Way. Yes. And I was really impressed with that. He's one of my heroes. So oh. I went, I took a picture with the sign and all that. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad. Yeah, that just recently happened. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, cool. So um, do you want to uh, tell us a little bit about, about the anthology? Sure. Yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know how many writers uh, Renee would, would know. I think it's a few dozen. Okay. Uh, different writers writing short stories and essays, little small memoirs, uh, poetry, and um, primarily it, it looks at looks at kind of the, the past when the gay clubs were a refuge for our community, where it was a place that was much more than a bar, but a place for us to meet people and build community and to come out and to have a safe. Haven and how you know how some of that's changed, mm -hmm. but also kind of a look back nostalgically at what those spaces meant for our lives. Okay, great. great. Yeah, and so for instance, in my story, I wrote about my first time going to a gay club with my girlfriend back in the 
the eighties in Detroit. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of humor in there because the thing, the whole incident was humorous. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I'm looking forward to reading it. I haven't read it yet. So, uh, okay. yeah. Um, and, and do you have any other recently released works or anything coming out soon? Yes. Uh, this was, uh, so I write this series, a mystery series called the Charlie Mack Motown Mysteries. And um, up to book uh, up to book four, book five is in in the works. Um, I released book four October fifteen, so ah. very timely. And um, yeah. this was the first time I've released two books in in one year. So book three, which is called Catch Me When I'm Falling, and book four, which is called Judge Me When I'm Wrong, were both released in twenty nineteen. And so they're they're out and about out and about in the world. Oh wow! I'm so you've been busy. Series. You've... Yeah, been busy and. I'm focusing a little bit on writing some short stories now. I'm uh, writing a standalone mystery that's going to be probably a mainstream mystery. And then I'm writing the fifth book in the Charlie Mack mystery, which will be out in summer of 2020. Okay, great. So so tell us about the, the Charlie Mack Motown mystery series. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's um, what's the premise of it? And um, yeah. And so you have four books to date, right? Yes, that's right. Well, um, I so I um I wrote a I wrote a book in twenty let's see ten no 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 twenty yeah about around twenty ten it was a historical fiction and it was such a lot of hard work it was a labor of love about World War Two and it took I must have taken five years to write that book and so after it was done I just wanted to write something that was fun. And I'm such a big fan of mysteries that I thought I'd write a mystery, which I really knocked out in four months. I mean, I, oh my I just goodness. needed to release all that other stuff. And um, it, I, I self-published it, and my publisher, uh, Bywater Books, Salem West, read the book and came to me at a, at a reading and asked if I would um, reversion it a bit and re-release it with Bywater. And that was book one of the Charlie Mack Motown Mysteries. Uh, the, the premise is um, Charlene Mack is a, a type A personality, African-American lesbian private investigator in Detroit. Um, I say type A because she's really kind of, um, um, uh, she, you know, has a lot of ambition. She's been a Homeland Security agent. She's owned a couple of small businesses, including a karate school. She has a couple of degree, belt degrees in karate. Um, she's a lawyer, you know. Uh-huh. So, so she's kind of a... <laughs> Yeah, an underachiever. So she has a, yeah, yeah, she's certainly not an underachiever. <laughs> and she has a, a small cadre of uh, partners uh, who are a diverse mix of people who help her in the investigation firm. And the notion is that this is um, Detroit mid 2000s, so t- 2005, 2006, when the city was really under a lot of pressure, had a lot of stress, had a lot of really negative national. Uh, reputation and it was it's a great time to set crime and mayhem in a in a setting like that so um you know she does domestic cases and the first book she follows a a missing person to birmingham alabama and book two they have a, a discreet investigation into the detroit auto show where terrorists are um assumed to be targeting uh, book three, uh, Charlie goes undercover as a homeless person to catch a serial killer who's been um, targeting homeless people. And then in book four, uh, Charlie's called to jury duty 
And in so doing, she uh, undercovers uh, some shenanigans going on with the conspiracy trial that she's in. So I'm having fun with the, you know, the different premises and the dark side of human human nature. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like fun. Um, yeah, it's fun for me. And um, and book five, you say, should be coming out next year then, right? That's correct. That's right. Uh, and in that premise, and here's the other thing about Charlie, she's bisexual. So she had has been married. Uh, she's divorced and now with a woman, Mandy, who there's a through line in the series about uh, Charlie and Mandy's relationship. But her ex-husband's wife, new wife calls and he's missing and she has to find him. Oh, wow. So that's uh, that's book five. And it's called Find Me. Um, that's a great. What's the name of that book? It's Find Me something. OK. <laughs> Well, we'll look for that. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Find so, me's in there. <laughs> so, um, find me when I'm lost. That's it. It's find, find me when I'm lost. Find me when I'm lost. All right. So yeah. how how is it to write um a series uh with you know one single protagonist, um, okay. and um, you know, really continuously develop that character and and add to her yeah. is that is that difficult to do um yes and no um so i i remember the publisher saying to me she she says um this is an interesting character but know that flawed char characters are even more interesting okay and so i'm focusing on the things that i see it, that could be perceived as flaws mm -hmm. she really um is a, I'm really able to kind of explore a lot of emotional uh, themes because of her partners who are sort of are her straight men. You know, they are they make up for things that Charlie really can't give. So, for instance, um, her office manager is this Polish woman, middle-aged, who is really uh, very empathetic, a, really a people person, um, who is, you know, really nimble in telling lies and getting people to do things <laughs> she wants them to do. <laughs> okay. Her other, her other partner is a Polish American man, Don Rukowski, who's kind of a, kind of a racist. Uh, she helps, I think she helps Don really kind of see the world through a different lens. And he helps her not to be such a, you know, straight arrow. And he, he calls it, you know, she's kind of, Charlie's kind of patriotic and he tells her to kind of like, smooth out the edges around that, that nobody really wants to talk about patriotism all the time. Um, <laughs> she has another partner, Gil Acosta, who's um, a really smart, um, good-looking kind of ladies' man. Um, he brings out other characteristics of her. So I, I use the secondary characters to really plumb a lot of emotional territory and keep, you know, both a, an emotional context plus the plot of the of the mystery. And then, then the third thing that's going on, Anita, is this relationship she's building with Mandy. So in book one, they meet. In book two, they're dating and have some trouble. In book three, they are about to move in together. In book four, they lived, they're living together. Oh, great. So that, that keeps it fresh as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a lot going on. I didn't realize that there were so many secondary characters that Yeah, really I, I helped... love them. I love the secondary characters. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes... They're like um, sometimes more intriguing than the primary character. Um, that can be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have to have to remember sometimes, do, do I really want to give that action to Don or should I keep that action with Charlie? So I'm constantly asking myself that 
with the you know with the knowledge that you know Charlie's really the protagonist. So yeah, it's a balancing act. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you have a standalone um, mystery coming out, a mainstream yeah. mystery. So can you yeah, tell us? Yeah, it's not coming out yet because I haven't sold it. But I, okay. I I wanted to test my chops at at writing uh, a mainstream uh, with a male protagonist, and I'm spinning off one of the characters in the in the Charlie Mack books to do that. Okay. So when you say male protagonist, is it a straight male? Yes. Okay. It is. Right. And I and it, partly because you know those are some of the mysteries I grew up liking you know the Raymond Chandler stuff the Thin Man stuff okay Walter Mosley stuff you know that's really as a kid and a young adult kind of the kind of mysteries I was reading along with you know Agatha Christie and Sue Grafton and other people but I really like that idea of noir mm-hmm. uh, the kind of the the, the male um, prototype that's in in noir mysteries and I want to. I want to test whether I can do that or not. I'm I'm trying to test myself at a lot of different levels in the writing just to see if I can do it. Okay. So do you have any um, standalone LGBTQ uh, books? No, I, ha- I have okay. not done that yet. I've, I've done a couple. I've done three anthologies, LGBTQ themes, and then the mystery, but I have not done a standalone, like literary fiction piece. I don't know, you know, I need mean, to thought about whether I could write romance, and I really don't think I could. <laughs> I really don't think I can do it. Um, I I would love to be able to do. I like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to do that, but I just don't think I've kept up with the genre enough to get it right anymore. So I think I'm going to stick to mysteries, and I might do a literary fiction piece. If I do, there would certainly be LGBTQ characters in it. I don't know if that will be the main theme. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, talking to another uh, writer recently, and uh, she was trying to write, I think, pure romance after writing like intrigue. And uh, okay, yeah, and I think she found it a little difficult. And and yeah, it's a different muscle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know. In but... fact, when I wrote the mystery. I went to my publisher and I said. Okay, so the first because the first draft didn't have any love scenes at all. <laughs> because I'm used to these mysteries that are noir where there really isn't that much romance. So yeah, yeah. I said, I guess I, should, I need to add some sex scenes. How many should I add? What you know? What's the ratio of mystery <laughs> to sex scenes? <laughs> Is there a ratio? Uh, apparently not, because she said to me, "quote I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> So I just sort of made it up. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a it's a very different. Um, you know, I think to to be able to write romance like you, you have to really feel it. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and, the, and then there's the formula too, and because yeah. of the formula, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. There's the formula. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But what? But I remember the editor said in the in the first book, which I had not really worked with an editor before, so it was that was a bit of a, an adjustment. The editor says, "So this sex scene, this this scene here, I don't feel a lot of romance in that scene. I think you should change it." And I said, "It's not a romance scene; it's a sex scene, <laughs> so I'm not changing." <laughs> it got more. It moved, it moved toward more towards romance towards the end. <laughs> okay. All right. Were they okay with that? Uh, yeah, apparently so, and I and I got a Lammy nomination for that, so I think you know this is a pretty good sex scene. My uh, 
I have a kid. I have a, um, a LGBTQ uh, child. Who, okay. uh, they they want to be um, referred to as they. Mm-hmm. And um, AJ is m- one of my beta readers, my kid. And uh, what AJ said to me is, okay, if I'm going to read these, you have to mark these sex scenes. Like, stop, sex scene coming, because I don't want to read those about my mother. This is what she uh... said. I don't blame her. That would be yeah, weird. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's great. So, so you kind of like flag them for her, and yeah, I flag them for her. Next scene, next scene, next scene. Okay, <laughs> and they're okay with that. And yes, they are okay with that. Okay, that is awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so, um, you mostly write mystery then and intrigue and and have you ever thought about writing something else i know other than you know not romance but anything else yeah anything else yeah i've uh recently been challenged to write a western and i'm i'm gonna give that some thought wow right now having more fun writing short stories because i think that really um i think when you get adept at writing short stories you you really are a stronger writer because you have to really pay attention to the arc and you have a small amount of time to do it. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be adept at character development and really pointed plot elements and also a, a good mix of narrative to descriptive. You know, it's kind of a formula, but it's like I'm a, I'm a golfer and I always think if I can do well in the par three course, par three um, there you go. holes, that I'll be fine on the fives. There you, you go. Know, uh, yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's a good um, yeah. analogy. And, um, and I think that, you know, writing short stories is so much fun. Um, you know, yeah, it feels like work to me though, cause I don't have it yet, but I'm, I think it will be fun. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sure you will have no problem. <laughs> Well, um, thank you for that. And, um, and are you a, a lover of, of Westerns? Is, is that where the challenge I came am. from? Okay. Yes, I am a shameful lover of Westerns. And I say shameful because it's so against my diversity <laughs> sensibility. Some of it, you know. It's true. Uh, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's Some of them are really, you know, you cringe, <laughs> you know. My, my like wife it. does not like yeah. Westerns because it's all white men. Yes, I, I, I so get that, you know. And so when I'm sitting there watching John Wayne, and I'm all gleeful, and I think, "Oh my God, Cheryl," you know. Uh, but I love, I love westerns. Oh my God. Do you? Okay, oh yeah. So, but you get it. You get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I think my favorite John Wayne is the one. Um, uh, the the and name. What's that? I said, "I'll tell you mine after I hear you." All right. The name escapes me, but it's the one with the kids. Um. Oh, we're, we're all the cowboys quit and he has to hire all these kids to, to take oh, his, yeah. to take his herd. That a good one. Yeah. What's that called? The uh, young something. Yeah. I know yeah. which one you mean. And that is they and they do a cattle drive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it because one. these kids are so emotional and they, they <laughs> really connect and they, they bond and it shows the relationships and them like becoming, you know, into their own really um yes. yeah it's a, it's a cool i haven't one. seen that one in a while you're right that is a good one well you have and to watch his, it that's one of his later ones too yeah it is um so my favorite one is a, a little earlier than that it's a john ford western he did a lot of westerns with the director john ford and it's called the searchers oh yeah and it's the one where natalie wood plays a, a native american woman 
And it's just a, it's a level, lovely lyrical piece. I like it because it shows pioneer life. And I, the Westerns I like the most have a mix of action and kind of cultural kind of um, maybe nostalgia. And then the, and the lives that the people live day to day. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one, too. Um, I think, is it called, the one that I was talking about might be just called The Cowboys. It might be called The Cowboys, yeah, yeah. but, you know, they're young. That's why I was thinking young was in there. It might be that. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I look forward to a Western by you. Well, I'm, I'll let you, you'll be the first to know now All that right. I know you like it. All you right. might have to be my beta reader. I would love to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me know. I'm your girl. Okay. All right. Um, so you... Um, I mean, you do a lot in the uh, artistic world, right? You're you're not only an author, um, mm. you uh, and an accomplished author, um, but hey. uh, you engage of, uh, in other aspects of a creative career. Um, tell so tell us about those other endeavors that that you uh, are involved in. Yes, so I I have a degree in radio, television, and film, which is probably why I'm such a geek around TV shows and, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and um, so I was, I worked in both commercial and, and public TV and radio producing programs. And so I've done a lot of that. Um, a few, about 10 years ago, I did three short films, lesbian themed short films. And I really just did it for relaxation, you know, uh, but they're, they're pretty good. And I think I'm going to be, handing them off uh, to a streaming service soon. Oh, wow. Um, so th those are, th that's primarily the creative stuff I've done around producing radio and, and television and, and some short films. Okay. In, in addition to the writing. But I'll tell you, when I started the writing, it was a different muscle to flex. I really, I, I thought, oh, this will be easy, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't. It just, it's a different pace. It's a different um, set of rules, obviously a different, different procedures. And, a, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing television shows, I'm, you know, I obviously don't have to really think that much about description and background and am, ambience because it's there to see, you know, so it was, I, I tended to, when I started writing, I tended to write a little tersely and not with a lot of descriptive stuff. So I'm working on that. And I think I'm getting better and better at, at that. Okay. And, and have you ever considered like, um, writing like a screenplay? Uh, I tried one once and that that's really tough because it's a, it's very much a formula and a very much a format and you have to use a specific kind of software. I used final draft, which is a screenwriting software. Okay. It's, it's more likely that I will do that than a romance. Okay. <laughs> you know, I would write the screenplay than a romance. Okay. <laughs> I, I would think that a screenplay would be so difficult to write because you have to really almost envision yeah. what they're doing and, you know, as you're writing yeah. it and, and like put those little like cues in, I guess. Yes. And that's exactly how they want you to present it. So the left side of the screen is all your visuals. Okay. And then the right side of the screen is all right uh, as, as you're writing. And I'm saying screen, but you literally have a sheet of paper with a line in the middle on the right side 
is your dialogue and your and your narr your you know, narration, mm -hmm. and then on the left side is all your visual cues. Oh, wow. And they and they actually don't want you to do so much of that because they want to leave that to the hands of the director. Uh, you can put as much as you want, but <laughs> but they might not follow it. You yeah, know? I see. But uh. one thing I found is because I think visually, because I'm I think my my TV and film background. I'm always, I see it as a movie when I'm writing. I already know who I want to play, you know, with music. And the, um, I really see it as a, a visually when I'm writing things. Oh, and that cool. does help me a little bit. Oh, I'll bet it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Cheryl, how old were you when you yeah. started writing? Oh, I was probably in my, in my twenties. Uh, you know, I, I always kind of dabbled in bad, you know, poetry is probably really bad poetry. I oh. liked it, but it's you know. <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it's all, all that. And so that was kind of the creative writing I did. I did a few um, magazine articles and stuff when I was in Detroit, but most of my writing was around my work in media, which would have been, I did news for a while. So I was, you know, it was a different kind of writing. It was news and it, I taught news writing in college at Wayne State University. And I wrote, you know, proposals to the government. I mean, so when I got to DC, I was writing, I was working for, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, and I was literally writing every day, but not fiction. So I'm, you know, I'm writing narratives, but uh, for a purpose, you know, mm -hmm. for funding for public broadcasting and stuff like that. So it's a different kind of muscle. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. And um, what have you been, or have you written yourself into one of your characters? Um, I there is an element of me in at least all of the in my my protagonists and my secondary characters there is definitely an element of me in including the white guy who's sort of the racist i mean <laughs> i have no trouble at all writing his 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 dialogue other people have to stop and think his i just go like what would some ignoramus say you know uh -huh. <laughs> and it just shoots out you know uh -huh. okay he, he's, he's a composite all of them are composites of people i've known or met you mm -hmm. know um I, the dialogue comes to me fairly easy because I, I'm a pretty um, active listener. So if you're ever around me and I'm not talking much, it's because I'm listening really intently to what you're saying, and probably some of your some of it will be dialogue in my books. <laughs> okay. Know? So do you so always even when I'm out and about, people watching, I'm listening to people's accents uh... and. Okay. You know, you can't write it any better than people actually say it. <laughs> uh huh. I know some some <laughs> phrases that you hear when you're out is like that's the perfect line. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you want to run and grab a notebook, which I have done. <laughs> I know some people who have said that they, you know, they carry a notebook around and just kind of absolutely pull it out. And... I uh, I did jury duty uh, a couple of years ago. I, I get I did grand jury duty, which is confidential for eighteen months. And oh wow. On the 19th month, I started taking notes. And I mean, the people would be testifying and I'm supposed to be, you know, listening and giving an impartial hearing. And mm -hmm. all I could think of was, damn, I can't wait to get home to write that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love it. So so when, you know, you've been doing this for, for quite some time now, you've been in the industry and um, in your estimation, do you think that it's it's changed over the years? Um you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I'm coming to it a lot later than other people. This is more of a second career for me, Anita. Okay. But I, even in the short time I've been in, about ten years now, um, 
I've seen it changing dramatically, but I think it was on the precipice of change, change when I got here. One of the things I noticed is the there's a, a desire for more diversity in our writing, in LGBTQ writing, but also in, in the mystery genre. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to get us there, you know, get the industry there, mm-hmm. but it's changing slowly, Some for some people too slowly. Uh, for me, I, I, you know, I just think we make the case for we live in a diverse world so uh, our readers deserve to see stories that include all elements of people and Mm -hmm. themselves and stories and it just is a a service to our readership if we're writing diverse stories and that and that could be that's diversity really broadly you know um i I wrote my first trans character in in book three and i've known and worked with trans people before Mm -hmm. and so i wrote a trans woman character and i still didn't feel confident that i should do it without having a sensitivity reader and so i did reach out to rachel gold and a few other people to say you know what you know give me some hints on this am i getting this right what you know what recommendations do you have for me and it that was really helpful to me oh that's great That's great. You know, you talk about, um, you know, inclusion and um, going mainstream. And and, um, I think, you know, one of the the authors, um, actually, uh, Radcliffe, you know, is also Mm -hmm. a publisher, but she was actually able to write um, a lesbian romance uh, novel that kind of went mainstream and and she won a, a mainstream award for it um, yes right that, that is just amazing to see that 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 happened you know yes that's i think that's wonderful and that's the way it should be exactly i know i, I think it's aurora ray who wrote uh, a romance she's a romance writer she, yeah and her, her 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 book was nominated from by the romance writers yes of America this year. Yes. And, you know, I think we'll see more and more of that. I hope so. I hope so, it's too. Really, I think it's a disservice to Lesvik that we are so um, narrowly uh, niched uh, in bookstores and in, in buyers' minds, perhaps, you know? Yeah, if yeah. They, they see Lesvik and they think it's only just for a lesbian readership. But, you know, our stories are important to the world, I think. And, I, and you know, and I think some of those stories have things to say around themes that would be important to mainstream readers too. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, and, and so many people just kind of not to be punny here, but they kind of just write yeah. it off, you know? Yes, that's, um, that's true. Yeah. That is so true. Yeah. I was at, uh, I don't know, some gathering and, and, you know, I, I dabble in writing and, and, uh, oh, okay, good. Yeah. this, this couple had said to me, Oh, um, you know, what, what do you write? Do you write technical books? And you know, that I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I, I write less fic. And they're like, right. Oh, and walked away. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's, bizarre. It's funny. I have to, I'm going to a conference. It's a, it's a mainstream mystery conference. It's fans and writers there. And I mean, there's a couple thousand people there and a, one of the activities I'm doing is something called um, author speed dating, where I'm paired up with another author and we go from table to table talking to something like six to eight people per table. And you probably hit about 80 people to 100 people in the hour that we have. Uh-huh. And, you know, I always describe my piece as I don't describe it as lesbian. I always say that Charlie is an African-American lesbian in private investigator. And I just keep on moving, you yeah. know, keep yeah. on moving <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, you 
yeah, and you know, this is it. And it's and it, and I tell them it's a good story and go on to describe the plot and the characters and you know that's assume the best. Yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe we shouldn't. I guess maybe pigeonhole ourselves into you know that genre. Uh, maybe it's just romance, you know. Um, yes, I, I I hear what you're saying, yeah. and, and I, we still want you know it's a it's an interesting di- dilemma to have, and yeah. I think almost all industries are having this. You want to keep your your traditional audience, your readers of lesbic, because those are the people who have made you what you are, and they've made the genre what it is, and they deserve to be well served and they have expectations of us as writers but at the same time you don't want to be pigeonholed so that a, a, a mainstream reader wouldn't pick it up and look at it and enjoy it right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's not a bad dilemma to have you're right you know okay i'm glad to say that <laughs> <laughs> um so what do you do cheryl when you're not writing well, I'm retired. I took an early retirement from public broadcasting to do full-time writing. Good it was partly you. it was the stress of my job. I was working in um, in an agency that was um, the the president of the agency was politically appointed, and uh, George W. Bush had just gotten in, and so it, my life became really a stressor because <laughs> uh-huh. I was going like, "What the hell?" You know, yeah. all of a sudden. The work was really politicized, and I just couldn't do that. So I took an early retirement. Okay. I still I, I did that to go and work as a recruiter for public broadcasting. I really believe in public media, in the value of it, in the necessity of it, in a democracy and all that. And so I thought that was a way for me to continue to serve that industry by helping to recruit and place people into the system who can stand it more than me you know uh-huh. and so I, I still do that a little bit but I did that a lot right after I left and uh, so that's my that's still my connection to public media and and I'm writing full-time writing and getting myself involved in kind of the governance of, um, of writing organizations so I'm the director of diversity and of um, director of inclusion, which includes the diversity umbrella at Golden Crown Literary Society. Oh, that's great! To help bring, in, yeah, th- I love doing that to help bring in younger audiences and more more writers of color. And I'm I'm about to go on to I'm being voted on this weekend to be on the what's called the BoucherCon board, which is this mainstream conference that I'm going to. And, you know, and I'm going there, I make the case for why I thought I could come and help them make diversity um, a value within their organization and, and help them bridge the gap from this really primarily white um, kind of industry, you know, lots of white readers and white writers. And they're a whole group of new writers of color who deserve a spotlight in that in that industry so that's what i'm doing that's great really i um i was not familiar with BoucherCon until recently Um, okay and i i actually just saw i think maybe it was this morning i don't know that seems like so long ago but um (laughs) (laughs) uh i think i saw where carson tate uh, she's a les- yes. writes lesbian fiction. She was up for an yeah. award um, at BoucherCon. That's right. She's. I'm going to see her when I get to Dallas in a couple of days, and she's actually moderating a panel that I'm on uh, called "Not a Diversity Panel." <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a, a group of it's about five or six of us uh, writers of color and writers of difference. Um, Scott um, Her- uh, 
Greg uh, Heron, Greg Heron. Scotty. Yeah, Greg Heron's going to be on the panel. Oh. I think he's moderating. He's moderating with Carson. Oh, cool. So it'll be fun. Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll be, be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So were you um, were you at Women's Week? Uh, I did not make it to Women's Week this year, and I didn't make it last year. So I, the last time I was there was a couple years ago. Okay. It, it's, it becomes a bit of a challenge for me coming late in the year because I have to budget for when I'm going to these conferences. Mm-hmm. I do go to Women's Fest. And this year I've been to, I want to say, five or six writing conferences. And so I just thought, man, I don't know if I can make it to Provincetown. It's a, quite a little long trip for me from D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you stay four or five dollars, you, you, you're just spending a couple of thousand dollars. And I just didn't want to do it this time. Yeah, yeah. And I probably should have because I have a book that was out you know, oh, in October. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to try to leverage sales at VoucherCon because I'm on panels. I'll be selling my books there. And then I'll try, I'll get to Provincetown next year. Okay. You know, cause I'm, since I'm on the GCLS board, I have to go to that conference every year. When I go, I go and stay a week, you know, uh, so it's a, uh, it's a lot. And I still have one more conference to go to this year. So I'm pacing myself. Okay. Yeah. And, um, GCLS is in Albuquerque next year, right? Yeah, that's going to be a hoot. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. <laughs> we have the whole hotel, too. It's a, it's not a chain hotel, but it's a really signature hotel in Albuquerque. And um, I, I, I've said to the president at GCLS, since we have the whole hotel, does that mean I can walk around the lobby in my pajamas? I'm going to check and see. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and will you be at, at uh, Women's Fest, like uh, Camper Hoveth this yes. spring? I have been at, to Women's Fest for the last three years. That's a pretty easy, uh, it's a couple hour drive for me to get there. Uh, Faye Jacobs, who helps to sponsor that. It's a really fun, and, and the writing part of it, that little day that they devote to writing is really beneficial to the folks who are there and certainly to the authors. And I'd say there are about, uh, well, you know, 10 or 12 authors who are sort of regulars there. I sell a lot of books and I talk to a lot of, a lot of readers and it's a fun time. And you're at the beach, you forgot to say. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, for our, our listeners, um, that's uh, at Rehoboth beach, Delaware, and it's generally in April, May ish, right? Yes. It's April. Uh Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's a fun time. They they have a big concert. They have the writing section. They have some um, presentations and some um, keynote speakers. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and there a, are like a thousand women, I'd say. Wow, not that's, exaggerating. That's nice. <laughs> and Rehoboth is is such a great town. I love Rehoboth. It's a little town, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah it, is. it yep. really is. Yeah, I uh, used to go there actually, even with my parents. So, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, changed so much Anita it's so you know everybody knows about it now because you can go and have a good time you're in Delaware there's no sales tax so people are eating and shopping and partying and beaching it's um, it's amazing yeah 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 and uh I remember uh when I was younger like uh there was a uh, Queen Street and uh that, that was where yeah. the men's beach was you know right yeah. that's right and yeah they have the state park there which used to be known as the gay park, but now everybody knows about it, so it's no longer just the gay park. I know. That's <laughs> the, that, the, the uh, beach, Cape, right. Cape Henlopen, right? Is that uh, right? Yes, that's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All these things are coming back to me Fun now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Shul, do you like to hear from your readers? 
Oh, sure I do. I And I take the feedback that I get very seriously. I, I like to work with book clubs, and so I'll do that as often as I can, both doing, I've done them via Skype, but also in person. And uh, love to hear from readers and, and get feedback from them. Awesome. Awesome. And um, so you have, I just want to be sure I have this, you have um, this anthology called Our Happy Hours, LGBT right. Voices from the Gay Bars. Um, That's correct. And I've got then, a couple, I have a story, a short story in there, and then also a, a little essay about a, a local D.C. Um, a gay bar that is no longer here, but uh, I, I write about its origins. Ah, nice. Um, and then you also have uh, book three and four were out this year. Book four, That's correct. most recently, of the um, Charlie Mack series. Um, That's right. Okay, and and what's the name of that uh, book four? Uh, book four is called Judge Me When I'm Wrong, and that's the one that I was inspired to write while, while I was doing grand jury duty. Okay, all right. It's an interesting, it's an interesting piece, and uh, Charlie and Mandy are now living together in their new home. They have a dog. Everything's I, I, ideal, and then there's trouble. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I just wanted to make sure our listeners uh, had those names, had those titles. Yes, uh, thank you. Check those out. Absolutely. So Cheryl, any parting words for us? Um, I would. You know, one thing when I talk to book clubs, some people will say, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, and I, I encourage people if they have that instinct um, that they should move forward with it. It's you know, it's it, yes, it's daunting, but it just, it does take the first step. You know, and if you've got it in your head, start to put it on paper, um, and and keep and stay committed to it. I think there are more voices that need to be heard in mm -hmm. our in our democracy and in our you know in our multicultural space known as the United States of America. And I think all our stories add to the amalgam. And you know, if you really think you have a story. Um, that you want to tell, that you want to get out out of your head and onto paper, that I encourage you to do it. Um, especially now that uh, publishing is, the doors are wider open because of the internet um, and and because of the different media platforms that we have. There, You know, the gatekeepers used to keep a pretty tight hold on who could be a writer and who couldn't, mm -hmm. but that none of that's the same anymore. So yeah. I encourage people to write. I mean, and, and you want to do it at your best, but first, got to get the story down on paper. Then you can make it your best. Yep. All right. Those are great words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> and um, I think Golden Crown Literary Society is a great organization that can help any aspiring writer, uh, yes. you know, get their feet wet, um, learn Absolutely. about learn about the industry, um, yep. meet some writers who are can become mentors to them, actually. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, and we have a Writers' Academy. Uh, where about a dozen folks are selected and they do an online academy that lasts about 12 months. And I think we've had several classes of people now and um, a really a serious undertaking with some really fine master teachers. Um, and, you know, I encourage people to look it up. We have some scholarships available for people who can't uh, afford the, the full ride. And uh, we want to help people become good writers. Yep. We, and, you know, the more the merrier. 
Yeah, the more the merrier. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining Liz Talk About Books. Um, I'm Anita Kelly, and thank you, Cheryl Head, for joining us tonight. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. So um, until next time, may your journey be lighthearted and peace be plenty.